0: My name is Scott Chaloner, and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on what is a bleak and cold winter morning here in the capital but joining us on the podcast today to hopefully add a little bit of warmth and brightness to affairs are two guests firstly Cheryl Simpson MBE CEO of the Space for Autism charity and secondly Kate Blackmore who is a trainer counsellor speaker women and girls mental health advocate and founder of the charity Motherwell Cheshire and welcome both of you and by all means thank you so much for joining us on today's show it's an immense pleasure. Hi. Hi both of you, um, real pleasure joining you um, to have you both joining us on the, uh, the show as I say. Um, just to sort of contextualise for those regular listeners that might not be too familiar with the both of you, I think it will be helpful just to provide a brief overview of what it is that you both do. Um, starting with yourself Cheryl first and foremost, could you sum up initially what Space for Autism seeks to do please?
1: Uh, As a co-founder of Space Autism, we set up in 2005. I've got two sons with autism diagnosed. and There was absolutely no support really for parents' area. Of parents, was 16 years ago and now we support over 5,000 individuals and that includes siblings, people with autism themselves and adults. Way of social clubs, we do a lot of training, and um, we're based over in Mackerfield in Cheshire. Really serves East Cheshire, but people do come from all over that are very top of
0: social autism. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, Kate, also uh, yourself, um, what is it that the Motherwell organization specializes in? I understand you're very much involved with um, sort of providing services for women by promoting positive mental health, positive well-being and providing a range of services around that side of things?
2: Yeah, um, so I founded the charity in 2015, originally to support um, the mental health and well-being of mums, in particular mums at risk of child removal um, due to their own mental health. Um and over the years we've evolved now to be a women and girls mental health service. So we work with girls from thirteen, right up with no upper age. We offer counselling, mentoring, um social prescribing activities. And then we also do some um campaigning on social media and plan events as well. And we're based in Crewe, which is Cheshire East of mm-hmm. Cheshire, and also Winford in Cheshire West and all surrounding areas.
0: Mm. So two neighbouring organisations there for sure. And International Women's Day is, of course, upon us in March, the, uh, the upcoming month, and... This is essentially going to be the crux of what we're talking about today, the state of where we are with women's safety. And I understand both of you are part of a women's working group, which you, Kate, happen to head up, of course. Could you just sort of expand on what the purpose of that women's action group actually is? Yes, so um, before Christmas,
2: well, probably in the summer of last year, I set up um, Cheshire Women's Collaboration. And it was built on the foundations of all the great things that are going on in Cheshire that support women in many different ways, practical support, financial support, well-being. And then the four subcommittees from the collaboration, the women in sport, women in skills, education and employment, um, women with mental health and physical health. And then lastly, women's safety.
0: Now, particularly women's safety. That is an incredibly hot topic at the moment. Obviously, with all of the lockdowns that took place during the the sort of the peaks of the COVID-19 pandemic, there were very, very grave concerns about women being trapped at home with abusive partners. And we may only be just about to start to see the true impact of that on mental health and well-being and also physical well-being now that we're sort of coming out of the pandemic. And of course, those harrowing news headlines involving the abuse of Harriet Robson by Manchester United footballer Mason Greenwood has thrust that issue really back into the national headlines again. So women's safety is in a very precarious place at the moment. What are your thoughts on the issue as a whole and how is it that your initiatives are trying to sort of address the issue?
2: Well, I think there's two strands to it, really. There's there's a wider social issue um, that we alone can't um, influence, but we can work with local and national organisations and local councillors and MPs to look at that and, um, you know, in terms of how people view it in the home, how people view it in society. But also our collaboration is to look at what's already going on in Cheshire, that we can support each other in promoting that, we can signpost the women and girls that we support into some of them initiatives as well. So it's very much a here and now issue as well as wider issue to influence
0: change. Since the lockdown restrictions were eased especially, have you found that sort of higher volumes of women have started to come to you to make use of your services because of things that have been going on within the family home?
2: I I wouldn't say exactly just for women's safety, if I'm honest, but I think it's all the other things in society that have definitely impacted them. Um, for young women it's around body image a lot of the time unfortunately it is through what males have said to them and explained to them um, and yeah I think what social media what they're accessing influencers I think I've got a lot to answer for in terms of you know how they portray a healthy lifestyle isn't always healthy for, for young people but absolutely in terms of you know being stuck in a home and domestic abuse. I mean, we don't tend to work with a lot of... We do counselling for domestic youth, but practically there's another charity in Cheshire that would do that. Mm. Um, but it's a trickle effect of lockdown that come out in all different shapes um, and sizes, really. Relationship breakdowns with young people that have become quite unhealthy as well.
0: Yeah, you make a very, I very important the, um, point. Yeah, but Yeah. do 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 go on.
1: It sounds during, during the pandemic and the lockdowns, um, we did a crisis line, mm. and that kind of turned into a lot of abuses coming in. Um, a lot of females were phoning us up of all ages, and um, but an awful lot of parents, you know, that were stuck at home. And as Kate just said, we do have a fantastic charity in this area, Cheshire Without Abuse. And I know we certainly made use of that for a lot of our members, which was, that wasn't something that we expected to happen on our crisis line. We mm. thought people would be phoning us, you know, about autism. Domestic abuse really shot up around where we are,
0: definitely. And when we talk about sort of what sort of wider society needs to do to address the issue, it's going to take a lot of action, isn't it? Because we're seeing, especially, a lot of attitudes towards women that they, you know, they need to be a certain way in terms of sort of their body shape. Um, There's this sort of almost an excuse for abusers with people suggesting that women shouldn't go out after a certain. Time they shouldn't be walking alone after yeah. dark. They shouldn't go out dressed a certain way because oh, it's seen as provocative and they're just asking to be abused. But why should that be the case? I mean, rather than this protecting your daughter's mentality, should it not be about mm. educating your sons to an extent?
1: Yeah, and we get picked up on that earlier. A lot. Saying Kate earlier was you know more education in schools. Mm. Yeah, highlighted in schools, not just a tick box. Yeah, and I think that we
2: do domestic abuse I'm certainly not minimising, but it it isn't the only women's safety issue. We we work with young people and even young um women, you know, in their thirties, consent is an absolutely huge issue. They're not sure. Consent has definitely lost its meaning over uh, I would say over the last fifteen years. I, I mean I'm a counsellor outside of Motherwell as in a therapeutic um sense. And I still can't believe how many females are not sure where their right is to say no. You know, with their own husbands and long term partners, um, you know, the, the fear of what's going to be said at school for younger people. Um, you know, consent is just needs to go back into schools. And obviously there's a big campaign in sexism in schools. And I think we need to be challenging what we hear. Teachers need to be challenging teachers need to be careful what they're saying in terms of you no know, sexist comments um and it is an issue because you know girls can sometimes be blamed as you said, and we do forget that the the issue lies a lot of the time with the you know the males in terms of what their comments are, what they feel is acceptable, mm. what they've heard their parents say that. And, and ultimately, what might have been acceptable years ago absolutely isn't now. And there's a big piece of work that needs to be done um, around that. But you know, times have changed. Wolf with Lynn, you know, pinching somebody's bottom is just not acceptable now. And that can be really threatening. Mm.
0: And something that really struck me again about that story with mason greenwood in the headlines was that people were responding saying that it's like if two people are in a relationship i mean why is consent a problem but i don't understand where that's come from i mean you can have two people who are married who are in a relationship and consent can still not be given so that is another one of those perceptions isn't it? an example of that that's sort of come about from somewhere and needs to be addressed because it's wrong to think that consent doesn't apply even in committed relationships and marriages
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, I've got two sons, one's nine, one's thirteen, who, you know, are Man United supporters. And I was absolutely mortified that we had to sit down and say, "What? Well, don't read what you're finding out about him. And he's not acceptable. He's done some really bad things. But this all, we do a big campaign about positive role models in the charity. And these are young boys role models who think it's absolutely acceptable to talk to a female like that. And again, society sometimes is to blame because the football association does not, obviously has not played, but they don't act appropriately sometimes to really, you know, give out that, that this is not acceptable and we will not tolerate it. And like my son said, it's a shame. be such a footballer. pedestal. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Such a pedestal. Everyone's sick like around them. Yes is, you know, the word that they hear. Yeah. Behave like that. I mean... It was at United from the age of seven, you know, mm. in that bubble, was, what he actually taught should be. Yeah. Because we're the mm. same, we're United in this house, Kate, and mm. my son was, I mean, he's nearly 22, stated, you know, that an upcoming fantastic player, mm. Mm. like you said, have the club, are they going to actually do anything? I mean, it'll go to court, yes. Yeah. Mm. People need to come out, you know, these clubs, need to come out don't they yeah definitely okay,
0: these to yeah absolutely yeah. Goes to show, doesn't it that there's a there's an issue with education there again i mean he's sort of been exposed to a culture hasn't he where he's had a, the world at his feet and he seems to clearly think that he's above the law with certain things and that's certainly one of those mm. conceptions that needs to be challenged and just moving away mm. from sort of consent and domestic abuse for a moment and talking about sort of The expectations being placed on women as well from a social perspective, self-harm is on the rise. And I think it's predominantly within a group of women that feel that they do not conform to what society expects them to look like. Some may obviously have issues with um, sort of their weight, for instance, and they're being damaged because they feel that they should be thinner for one reason or another that's another thing that's also an incredibly important topic to cover for women's safety, isn't it? And another conception that should be challenged. I mean, why are we not seeing people as perfect for the way that they are? It's, it's, it's incredible, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think um, you just used a really, really key word there about culture Um, and, you know, influences and all the editing that is allowed to go on in terms of magazine covers and, And then when a woman hasn't been edited, it's like a massive thing. And it just shows that when that is not the norm, whereas actually they shouldn't be edited and that should be the norm. Um, You know, all the pictures that go on Instagram and they're paid to promote this and paid to promote that. that, I think this is a whole culture that no charity alone can change. It has to be gone through with legislation that, you know, people should be, yeah, this is, what she looked like, and if they want to edit her and you no know, airbrush her, make sure that's absolutely aware, because young people will look at them as you know their role models. Unfortunately, mm. um, and they have to be shown to be responsible. You know, if they are role models for young teens, they have to be responsible. And I think a lot of them grab it. Is.
1: Yeah, the big one. I was watching just a program the other day you know, about Instagram and the airbrushing and the filters and mm. absolutely horrific mm. pictures when it showed these girls as how they are, you know, without being filtered. Mm. And then pictures of them airbrushed. I mean, and for younger children, you know, younger females, they they wouldn't even know that they've been airbrushed.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. But like, and then they strive to look like that. Yeah, and
2: for us new as well. You have new mums on telly, don't you? And I always say to the mums when I'm counselling them, they've had a personal trainer, they've got a nanny, yes. you know, they've I got, got that side. They have a chef. That you know, you can't compare your life to theirs and mm. try to look like them. And you know, and magazines will say, compare. oh,
1: yep. compare, yeah, compare. I it sometimes myself. You know, I'll see these fantastic looking. women. not. How have they done that?
2: Yeah, me. Mm,
1: hey, it's, I mean you shouldn't be feeling like that. And it is a
2: dripping tap, and it, you know, for every. Um, and I know some of this can happen to males as well, but it when it's it's everywhere, isn't it? So for anybody, it will influence no matter how confident you feel about yourself. It will ultimately, when you've seen it or day in day out, have an impact on everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. It sort of sets impossible sort of standards, of to the phone, doesn't it? Aren't they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aspiring to be like celebrities, airbrushed it's, it's celebrities. If Instagram yeah.
1: could put, you know, when something yeah. has been airbrushed or filtered, that it is on
0: there.
1: Yeah, mm. has been filtered. It needs to be on there.
0: Yeah, social media does have a lot to answer for in the entire situation, doesn't it? Because as well as when, when we're in a society where people aspire to be like celebrities and they're setting themselves yeah. impossible standards to compare themselves to, it's not just in magazines and it's not just on TV anymore. I mean, it's right in the palm of your hand when it's all over social media and all over social yeah. media outlets, isn't it? And obviously influencer culture as well has a huge part to play in setting those impossible standards and sort of putting young women in this position. So social media does have a lot to answer for and there are steps that it needs to take to do that i think instagram certainly did talk about the potential of sort of setting like a little bit of a warning as to when certain photos have been edited or filtered but i think this is something that kind of needs to be implemented across the board and that the social networks seriously need to be looking at
1: Mm. saying don't they you know they're going to make facebook and all those social medias do something but they're not yeah yeah if anything, it's getting worse because they're putting more filters onto your phones. You can do more now on your phones than you could ever do before.
2: Yeah, they're almost becoming too big
1: for anybody
2: to challenge them. You know, for because they're not just you know our local government. They are. It's a worldwide social media platform, and it, it's going to take a lot to do that. Um, and yeah. unfortunately, it will only come. And I also do feel sorry for schools in this. It is not a school issue. They play a big part in it. It is a parent issue. It is, you know, having the right conversations with our, you know, males, well, our sons and our daughters as well. Um, but I think a lot just get put I mean, all my friends are head teachers, and they just think what they have to, they're almost producing our lifestyle for children at school as well as educating them. There's so much that has to be delivered through schools, but parents do need to take responsibility as well. Um, and then I, I know that goes down to the nanny state kind of issue that a lot of people don't agree with. So it it's difficult, very difficult.
0: Yeah, because it's taking care. Yeah.
2: Mm. yeah. <laughs> the parents, yeah. And be responsible. And, and I know that's difficult cool. um, when it comes to online. My children can definitely navigate. I mean, I have no idea with TikTok or Snapchat. I've never been on it. Wouldn't know. So sometimes we're on the back foot of what they're being exposed to because we just don't know what we can put in place for them.
0: I think internet safeguarding is now going beyond just making sure that children aren't talking to strangers online now, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's about the mm-hmm. the content, this particularly influencer content that they're being exposed to because as we've talked about, they're setting themselves impossible standards by being exposed to sort of these filtered videos of celebrities trying to, of course, be like them, aspiring to be like them. And it's, it's simply not going to happen. And we need to be very, very careful about internet safeguarding moving forward. And again, I think perhaps legislation, as we've talked about, could have a role to uh, mm-hmm. to play in that. That's our
1: yeah. We're on the social club. They're not allowed to bring their phones in. Mm. that can, we let the youth group because they're actually hooked to their phones mm. more time checking what they're looking at on their phones and the activity that they're there for, so we yeah. said you know the only time they can take their phone out of the pocket is if they get a call from mum or dad or if they need to make a phone call mm. it's on their phones and, and us trying to manage that Cool. So, there uh, you know within the club yeah in the club we have no control of that there anything within the clubs on the phone ah, and he's getting them to oh. recognize it isn't
2: it we've we've just been working with some young girls in in a school um and they've all joined this whatsapp group and then this man's joined it and got them to send inappropriate pictures to him and you know and it's like who let that man join the group but you know that the education wasn't there for them to recognize that you shouldn't be letting people join a private whatsapp group and you know that, and it's really impacted the mental health of, of these girls you know they they feel exposed they feel frightened when they go out because they don't know who this person is um you know and unfortunately these people will find ways and means and, and i know some of the girls will say oh they were only joking and I think that's the culture as well. They don't people don't understand that, you know, flashing or a, a rude no. picture can have massive impact on somebody that's perhaps quite anxious or low self esteem already. And then it gets brushed off, Oh, it was only a joke. I didn't understand it, it would have that impact. I thought they find it funny. Um, and that's when it comes to that culture that it's it's absolutely zero tolerance. And I think we do need to go down that line a bit more, that it's no no excuses. Yeah
1: and I'm sure you'll do it in your charity, Kate. It is zero tolerance.
2: Yeah, yeah. That.
1: I think that goes really...
2: Right. When you read the messages that the policeman was sending around Sarah Everard, everyone mm. else was laughing at it on the WhatsApp group, and it's going to take a lot for other males to say, that's not appropriate. And you might find it funny, but it isn't appropriate talking about somebody like that. I mean, some of the messages have come out that the police have said, are really, really awful and nobody has been able to challenge and I think we need they need support to challenge that. Um
1: because if a young life it's alarm bells the above isn't the parapet. It? Yeah. yeah. they put the yeah. head above the parapet, then their friends they're Yeah really strong and to do that. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? They need a support,
2: don't they? And they need somebody to say, no, you're right, this isn't right. And I just wonder who would, if you reported it to the police, would they laugh if you reported it to a a leader in a school? Would they say, well, I think they're only joking, it's only words. But somebody the other day was on telly saying, you know, when it starts at low level, it is going on to show actually later on, you know, they have committed rape or a serious sexual assault. Um, we seem to always be dealing with things just a little bit, well, not a little bit, a lot too late when people, women are being murdered or, you know, yeah. that, that's far too late.
0: Yeah, it is shocking, isn't it, to see that that, attitude that kind of culture has infiltrated the police force and so serious it's been seen as in the uh, the metropolitan police that the commissioner of course dame cressida dick has lost her job because of it just uh, last week yeah. And, yeah. and obviously that that now whoever it succeeds her is going to try and have to kind of spearhead that uh that positive change to move away from those attitudes but it is worrying i think you're absolutely right and i think also when it comes to the internet again moving away from social media does the ease of access to sort of pornographic content, particularly which depicts sort of graphic treatment of women, does that also have a lot to answer for in maybe some of the attitudes and the behaviour that are displayed towards uh, women as well, do you feel?
2: But I would definitely say so. You know, I I know somebody recently who uh, um kind of related to pornography, but she's with quite a long-term boyfriend to say that she... Likes rough sex, and he went on to seriously sexually assault her. This is two years ago, mm. and the police said you shouldn't have sent that text. Where where does that blame sit then? Does it? There's a whole difference, isn't there? And I think people do relate that to, to pornography. There is difference between rough sex and a sexual assault, but people aren't seeing that. There's, there's no line there at all.
0: I suppose that brings consent. That. that brings consent back into question I as am. well, doesn't it?
1: Mm, yeah. You know that. Mm. You know these young kids are on. You know the gaming culture. Yeah. Luckily, my son. You know he, he likes Minecraft, and that's kind of all we get. Yeah. Mm. Treating the women and the way they can dress the women on these games. Yeah, and I think there is shocking. a game where yeah. some of them are prostitutes, aren't they? Or uh,
2: sex workers, it's I think. Um, you know, oh, and horrific. also mine is around, um, like some of the song lyrics as well, extremely derogatory relating to pornography, and and then that just becomes a norm when we're accepting that a song in the charts is talking about it, doesn't it? Um, so I mean, yeah,
1: GTA, some of the songs on there, mm. yeah, But You just Listen to that.
0: Mm. The game. Listening to it.
1: It's, it's the worst. And somebody needs to you know, some uh, somebody
2: which can give legislation, an MP needs to absolutely look at this and um, but unfortunately like I can say it's not just an an issue in Great Britain. The, you know, some of these rappers are from America. And that you know they can come over and sing their songs, and it, it's just not not acceptable. Um, but I don't think anybody understands the impact it can have on on vulnerable people. And then it doesn't necessarily need to be young people; it's having an impact on on vulnerable people that think it's okay to to be like that and treat women like that.
0: It is staggering, isn't it? And women aren't always in a position to sort of get out of. This these situations that they're in, are they? I mean, especially when they're in, sort of, let's say, an abusive relationship, for instance, financial pressures could mean that they are essentially feel trapped within the situation that they're in, and that's an incredible worry. So there needs to be a lot more sort of intervention not just on the sort of education side of things and more tight regulation of what young people are exposed to in terms of songs in terms of sort of video game content but also there needs to be sort of more help available to women who find themselves in crisis and Mm. there need to be more options for them to sort of get out of situations like this when they find themselves rooted in them.
2: Yeah, one of the things we've looked at in the collaboration is the, you know, um, doormen and door, door people. Mm. Um, and I spoke to an ex-doorman and he was explaining about um, there's no, the it's quite rigorous training, but it's an hour on vulnerable people. And that's vulnerable people, not, you know, women and things like that. And since, just before Christmas, so since November, I've known a three people who, um, mainly because we know the work that we're doing at the moment, have come forward and said that they were assaulted in um, a nightclub and two of them, the doormen, just stood around and watched. And then the third one was asked, why did you not report it to the doormen? He said, well, they're all mates of them, they're in on it. That is scary. They, what are they there for if they're not there to keep people safe? Um, and that's something I'm really exploring at the moment to get them get better training. and to understand the signs and to again, a culture in that club, it is not acceptable I mean we know spiking is going through the roof at the moment Um, and you know it does need to be challenged at door level when people are entering and then when people are coming to them, not just worrying about how much drink's being sold that night and what profit the bar and club's making, but people are safe when
1: they're in there
0: Yeah, it's especially worrying isn't it Kate
1: on one of her calls you know, we've got um, a young lady that works for us. She's absolutely beautiful. And I, I mean, at the age I am, I still went to a club with her. And mm. I was, I was absolutely horrified, you know, mm. at, at the lack of awareness from, from everybody, really, mm. in that club. I mean, you know, drinks were just, you know, groups of girls leaving mm. the drinks on a table and then going off dancing. And I was like the mother hen, you know, going out, like, you mustn't leave a drinks. So I was like standing with them, you know, but yeah, it's, Even though it's out there, you know, that you shouldn't leave your drinks because of the spiking, they're not doing it. There's not enough awareness going on with these girls. Mm. They just think they're out for it. Well, they're having a laugh. I mean, of course they are. You know, we all want to go out and have a laugh, but the safety isn't there for them.
2: Mm. There's not certainly, I don't think at the moment, safe places to be and then the doorman I I yeah. was saying when he first did it there was like seven people on the door but to make a cost saving there now only two people um and really it's there wow. as one because they've got to have them there and maybe prevent any fights yeah. that will stop people continuing to side to the the whole motive is is to make profit which obviously every business needs to do yeah. that but there's a different ways and means of doing it. They know bars aren't, mm-hmm. you know, coming forward to say the spiking going on in the bar because they don't want the reputation no, being tarnished. So the girls are, and women aren't, you know, coming forward with it or they've told the bar and nothing's happened.
1: So it's all about accountability, I think, in, in some of them. Yeah. issues. I think you're right in just what you just said there, Kate. The bouncers are there to stop the fight, yeah. aren't they? Ultimately, that's what the bouncers seem to be there for, not Mm. safety, Mm. you know. They're they're just not. I mean, when you leave a nightclub when I left with a particular individual, absolutely. When I left with her, we just then went to a taxi rank, and the bouncers just, they didn't care that there was girls outside of that nightclub and they were stood on their own. And Mm. it's not a great area where this club is. They didn't care. It's like once you're out, that's it. It doesn't matter. You're not in mm. our building anymore, mm. and I found that really frightening because I've not been out for so long. <laughs> <doing> oh. <well. laughs> I was, yeah, I was, I was that really. Just, mm. just a lack of security for these young girls. Yeah,
2: and it does thingy you, then, doesn't it? Where, where is safe? And that—that's one of our projects. Where is safe? That we Yeah, we always say, yeah, we always say that what what we do no matter what, and I'm sure yours is the same in your. Um, charity that we we really promote that if nothing else we provide a safe place for them to yeah. come. Um, and, Absolutely. You know, for some people, adults and young people, there isn't many of them, and I think that's really to know mm. because that just mm. impacts them in so many other ways. And like you said, it goes back yeah. um, to like they'll probably self harm because of the lack of control they've got and everything else going on in their life. So yeah. when you unpick safety, it does, there's lots of facets to it. And mm. but everybody's ultimately mm. responsible. I think that we're very much, and I think we've come out of COVID a little bit like this. It's not my issue, it's somebody else's. Um, yeah. Because I think we're all yeah. forgetting what our responsibilities can be.
0: There certainly needs yeah. to be more accountability on some of these sort of nighttime establishments, uh, for sure, because I think you're absolutely right when sort of women and people generally are leaving these buildings. They're sort of being left fend for themselves and that's not necessarily acceptable. They should be making mm-hmm. sure that a, a legitimate lift is there to obviously get these people home. But then even when obviously it comes to that journey home, it's not always safe, is it? I mean, we don't know who some of these women are getting into sort of taxis with, for instance, and the way that sort of no, that industry no, no. is regulated no. is also incredibly important because there are some real discrepancies there as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah I mean the bill bill is going through at the moment this is a big bugbear of mine because I am a single woman uh, quite recently so I am getting taxes on my own and again it's really opened my eyes to the safety Mm. of Mm. getting into a car with someone you've never met they're taking you home so they know where you live
2: Mm.
1: ultimately they probably know then that you live on your own and that is that's really frightened me, which it never did before. Didn't bother me before, mm. but it does now because I am on my own, and there's no regular. Well, there's a bit of regulation, but it's not in law. So they don't have to be DBS in law. Yeah. They yeah. have to do it, obviously, but it's not law. If you if they get struck off a, a taxi rank, you know, taxi driver or private hire, if they get struck off in one authority, to say they get struck off in Cheshire East. Mm. They can then go to the Wirral mm. and apply again, and there's no checks made. I mean, you couldn't do that with anything else. Mm. No. You're a lone driver picking up people, whether it be male or female, this. Mm. You know, you are a lone driver, but then you can get your license then over in the Wirral, but you can then come back to Cheshire East and drive. I mean, I just, don't, I just don't understand how that can happen. I really don't. But there is a bill going through. Um, it's halfway through, so let's hope it does get passed. But then the whole, you know, they've, they've got to set up all those systems, haven't they, of, of data sharing from one authority yeah. to another. Yeah. You know, if you get your taxi license, how is that going to work? I mean, I've been in a car where he's not been the actual taxi driver. You know, they have the face on show on the license. It's mm. not even been that. You know, it's, it's obviously... Mm someone's brother or someone's friend that's driving that taxi for that night.
2: Yeah. And some taxi drivers will say no
1: if it's, you
2: know, a journey that they don't think is worth their while. But then, you know, anybody on their own to walk home at a a certain time of an evening. You know, when I've been exploring some of this in terms of the doorman and the taxis and, and everything, unfortunately, goes back to cost saving, and I think that's really, really sad um, that, that we lost that. And I do and think that had an
1: impact. impact. That, yeah, if you pass this bill, you know, it's going to cost a fortune, you know, to yeah. get some kind of database that mm. can be shared. So, you know, mm. it might get passed, but then the infrastructure to actually do it—are they going to yeah. be able to do that? Yeah. You know, and how, who monitors that? I mean, that's the whole. thing, who is going to monitor it? Yeah. You know, but like you've just said, and you're dead right. You know, if I was to get in a taxi because it was only half a mile away to my house, but there's no way mm. I'm going to walk on my own, mm. you're dead right. A lot of drivers wouldn't do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I live yeah, right by the train, train station. Back, it's only half a mile. Yeah. And that's what mm. I've had that, definitely, that he's refused to, to mm. take um, because i come out of the train station. I, mean, I live down the other end of the road. But actually, I would have yeah. to go past about yeah. eight pubs to get home. Um, on my own yeah. at a certain time of the night so yeah and yeah. it's almost it's almost like we're willing in society to allow you know the real worst case scenarios we're allowing for, for people to be killed because nobody wants to pick up the cost yeah. or like you say put the infrastructure no, in, no.
1: Um,
2: and and administer it and that that's terrible mm. Yeah.
0: It is. Yeah. Kicking the can down the road, as um, so to speak, is having dire, dire consequences for the safety of people, especially women. And now that we've sort of come out of COVID, we are seeing this sort of issue with accountability, as you've talked about. Nobody's really taking responsibility. So over the sort of next few months, um, just before we sort of wrap up on the, uh, the programme today, because I'm conscious that we are starting to run short of time, what should the priority be? Obviously, from yourselves, but also from a legislative point of view, over the next few months, to try and really change the landscape for women's safety because this needs to be addressed on a multitude of fronts.
1: I think over it, to you, Kate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it is going with that zero tolerance, mm. but it needs to be done from an extremely high level. So, yeah, you know, we we know that the uh, commission of the Metropolitan Police. And I think that, that's been a stamp. For it, me, it's very unfortunate. Mm. I, I feel my personal opinion on that is it what a shame it was a woman that, you know, couldn't roll mm. this out and, and, you know, affirm her leadership on it. Um, but also, you know, that the government needs to make, look at this, it's not hard, we're unpicking it. Local level, grassroots charity are unpicking this. Somebody could roll with this and mm. make it their, their issue for the year and stamp out and, you know, work with, the big players like your um, Instagram and your social media and Facebook, things like that. But I think, as we've said, ultimately everybody can play have an option in playing and influencing this, challenging the norms, challenging what people are saying. We're in a whole different world than what we were 20 years ago, as I said before. So what's acceptable then is not acceptable now. And we do have to challenge that. We, we do challenge it in many other ways. You know, in the LGBTQ, I know they've got a long way to go. But we do challenge it. We say it's not acceptable, but for some reason, I mean, we do a huge celebration for International Women's Day in our charity. Um, but people still wonder about it. What's that about? Yet we have massive prize in all the mm. cities. Um, and I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm saying all oh, these should still be celebrated on equal measures. And we shall still challenge this on equal measures as well. And, but that's an individual thing. And and I think, yeah, schools do need to do this work. I think it's a shame for them. But then, you know, some schools aren't doing it appropriately. So they would no. you know, need to. But need again, to that challenge all them money, Kate, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah
2: I mean, one of our committees, we're looking at, you know, Women in Sport is one of our other committees. and, how PE is rolled out in some schools is quite still very gender focused very you know not not with modern times and that's just an example perhaps of where things do need to be updated for uh yeah yeah
0: yeah needs to be a period of significant change over the next few months doesn't it and it's going to be very very fascinating to see whether or not that transpires as it should do and as we do yeah. start to see how the situation unfolds and what is being done about it, if anything, and I sincerely hope that there is, I'd certainly relish mm. the opportunity to welcome you both back onto the show just to reassess the situation at that point in time, because this is such an important issue and we really, really, really do need to see the action that mm. it warrants. Yeah. Yes,
2: no, yeah, hopefully that's great. there is
0: some update. <laughs> Let's just keep our fingers yeah. crossed on that. Oh. and. In the meantime, in, in the meantime, of course, both of you, um, I hope that the Women's Action Group really does continue to keep up that incredible work that you're doing because it's for such an important cause. And by all means, thank you both for yeah, taking that the time. Okay, bringing yeah,
1: Bringing that
0: together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and thank you both of you as well for taking the time to come and talk about this incredibly important issue with us here at the Leaders Council today. It's been an immense pleasure having both of you on the show and. By all means, do take care and stay safe with everything that is going on in the world at the moment uh, moving forward and hopefully we'll touch base again very soon. Oh, Thank you. It was an immense pleasure for me to welcome Cheryl Simpson, MBE and Kate Blackmore onto today's programme and I do hope that everybody thoroughly enjoyed the interview discussing such an important social issue of our times. Um, For anybody tuning in to the program today who may feel that you have your own story of importance to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then by all means do reach out to us and apply to be on the show at leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply because we would absolutely love to hear from you. And until next time, to all of our regular listeners, take care, stay safe and goodbye.